JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome to a Bud Light Blue Friday. And one of our favorite places is our location today on what is just an incredible fall afternoon in the state of Indiana. There is absolutely zero reason why we should not all be together and we all celebrate this incredible afternoon at Sam Silver Circle. Shelby and Fletcher is the location. In fact, I've got multi-pair of Titans Colts tickets to give away while we're here. Um, and we were here maybe, I was just talking uh, almost two years ago as a part of a tavern tour stop, and it has became really a first love right here with this place, the historical significance, the location. I mean, just all of it is absolutely awesome. And on a day like today where you can enjoy the show on the inside, you can hang out on the outside, it is a beautiful thing. So, man, if you are still trudging away at work Get the hell out of Dodge right now and get down here and join us on a Bud Light Blue Friday. And again, multi-pair of Titans Colts tickets coming up for the Sunday game. And I'll let you in on a little bit of insight. I'll give you a great example. So the Colts played week number one at home against Jacksonville. We had one week leading up to that. And then after that, you had a couple of road games in which the Colts won. And all those Bud Light Blue Fridays we're giving away tickets for last week in the Rams. And what I'm trying to tell you, you have a lot more of an opportunity when you work on a one-week basis. And this not only is a great spot, but it's an incredible opportunity for you to get down here and maybe attend that Colts game coming up on Sunday. Because you know this, sometimes I joke around. Sometimes I blank around with you. With must-wins in mind, I, I admit, I like being that guy with the whole must-win. 
And in fact, deeply rooted in, I know I don't want to gross you out right here, deeply rooted in my DNA, there is a great deal of thought and opinion that I don't care if it's week one or if it's week eight or if it's week 16. I don't care. There are different levels of it. But there are still must-win situations. I, I guess in, in what you're saying is, all right, so do you define it as if you lose, you end up getting bounced from the postseason? No, no, no. And again, I have got a basis and some emphasis to describe and define why I have this opinion coming up this weekend. It has zero to do with the Colts playing for their playoff lives. Now, we'll say this. Just a little bit, a smidge of it is the fact that this season there's not been a lot of expectations. And the longer you hang in here with it, the better for everybody. And I have said this all along. The longer that you hang in here with it, it's okay to go through a rebuilding season while you win. Like everybody always maintains, well, you know, you got to take your lumps and you got to grow. You know what's better than that? It is winning and growing. It is winning games. It is being surprisingly good. And you guys sometimes forget that even though you had one of the greatest examples back in 2012. I know different set of circumstances with the quarterback. There is still such a great unknown with Anthony Richardson. There is so much to to untap still. If you heard Dave McGinnis, the former NFL coach and the color analyst on the Titans radio network talk about him yesterday, he called him a generational talent. In fact, I had somebody get a hold of me last night and said, wait a minute here. What's generational about it? That's what people that have been in the NFL see in him where we just kind of judge it. For example, if you were to look at last week and hey, he was 11 for 25. That's not going to thrill anybody. That's not going to define to you generational talent. But the guys that have been around him that have been around the NFL for a long time believe that his skill set is going to work, is going to transfer, and he can simply do things that others playing that position can't. Now, we also, we tend to bring out some of the negative points. Well, these are the things he can't do. And when you start at the top of that list, with accuracy, and you're a quarterback, that leads you down the path of a great deal of criticism. But that in mind, my original point is there's not a thing wrong with growing and maturing the way you want your team to while winning games. I don't, I can sit here and be honest with you, would it be great to have Marvin Harrison Jr. and to have what is a legacy transfer coming up next year? Yeah, you know what? I could sit here and tell you right now, I don't care. I do not care. If that doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. How in the world do you think you're going to zero in on that? It's just easier to go out there and win. And I know that I've said this. I'm going to camp out on Chris Ballard's lawn until he goes out and finds some defining wide receiver. The problem is it's easier for me to say that than to look at next year's free, agent, free agency class and believe that it can happen. I'll be camped out there for a while because there's really, as it stands right down, nothing there. I mean, you are going to have to come up with a scenario like what Philly had with A.J. Brown and why Tennessee thought to go ahead and move to the future and deal him. 
which I'm assuming everybody around that organization right now still believes was the wrong move to make. And all you have to do is go back to that particular draft a couple of years ago when that trade was announced and uh, Mike Vrabel uh, looked like he wanted to kill somebody. Now, that's understandable. So who knows? I mean, maybe you're going to have somebody that wants out. Maybe you're going to have somebody that's a high-level wide receiver that wants to go someplace else. And these guys have a lot of leverage. The quarterbacks have all the leverage. The wide receivers have a lot of leverage, and the running backs have zero leverage. Or at least one running back has some leverage, and then basically everybody else has zero leverage. But there's nothing wrong with maturing and growing while winning. And I think you guys would all agree, if you've gone through disappointment, and the clown show that was a year ago, or disappointment that was the final two weeks of the regular season two years ago, you've lived outside the postseason for so long, I mean, trying to throw a dart at a dartboard at when is the right time to be in the postseason, when's the right time not to be in the postseason, it's kind of what I bring up with the Reds. Well, you know what? It's not the Reds' time, and you know they're going to have plenty of times down the road. We're talking about the Reds' organization. It's not like these times of the postseason has been fruitful. So you can look back and say, you know what, if you had done this or that pitching, maybe this team could have been in the postseason. And maybe you don't take that for granted. And I know this for sure. You don't take NFL opportunities to surprise. You don't take those for granted either. So I don't take this matchup with the Titans for granted on any level. But here are some other reasons why I maintain this is a must win. Not for everybody joking around about me. I mean, that stands the reason anyway. That's going to happen. That's cool. And that's fine. That's why I'm here. Not just for people joking around about me, but this is serious. You know, I talked about there's nothing wrong with winning. There's nothing wrong with evolving, growing, and winning at the same time. And there's especially nothing wrong with doing that within this division. All these teams are two and two. Do you see anybody like maybe Jacksonville has the best opportunity at doing it, but what if they maintain where they are right now? Just kind of middling Houston, Tennessee. These are the games that you need to win. These are the games that you need to win to make yourself competitive. And that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about a character builder with losing and growing, we're talking about a team that you want to see and be competitive as quickly as possible. There's not a damn thing wrong with that. And don't let some of these nerds tell you otherwise. There's zero wrong with it. The other part about this is, too, you know, I mentioned Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel came along when Chris Ballard had the uh, ill-fated hiring of Josh McDaniels that left a black eye on this organization for a while and certainly the early stages of his decision-making career around here went incredibly haywire with that decision when McDaniels decided to pull out and stay... (laughs) Sorry. McDaniels decided to pull out and stay in New England in Foxborough and not become the head coach here. And on that list of possibilities, it was Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel ends up going to the Colts' chief rival within the AFC South. And Mike Vrabel wins in a way. Mike Vrabel wins in a fashion that I'll give you a great example. The Colts' owner 
is very smitten about. The Colts owner would love his team to look like that. I know what you're saying. Well, he doesn't want Ryan Tannehill. I got news for you. You know how much more Ryan Tannehill has won under center with this Titans team? I know that it wasn't great last year, but look in the years past. While the Colts were screwing around, and I hate to say this about Phillip Rivers, but while the Colts were screwing around with, you know, Jacoby Brissett and Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan to a lesser degree because we know what happened to the Titans last year, but Tannehill has been doing a lot of winning. It may not be all about him, and certainly it hasn't been. It's been about in the past Derrick Henry. It's been about in the past being able to play defense. But it's also at the top of that list been about the toughness of the head coach and Mike Vrabel and the head coach helping them get over, even though they don't have one of those highly sought-after, definable, future type of NFL elite-level quarterbacks. I mean, let's face it. It's been kind of amazing what they've done down there. Because people often want to talk about how they don't have talent, but there's such a critical lack of talent across the board in Tennessee. But I would have taken what they have done over the past, and especially the ownership of the Colts. I would have taken that over what the Colts have done and what you guys have gone through. What watching this team has done. I mean, even in that season with Phillip Rivers of 2020, you know, you still go to Buffalo on the wild card. You have to basically you have to add another team in the wild card. You go to Buffalo on the wild card, and you end up losing that game. So that's how I look at this, and that's how you should as well. This rivalry is very important to the owner. And the owner is sick and tired of taking a beating within his division by this much tougher, most of the time, Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel-led team. That's not just me talking. That's absolutely legit. It is true. They've had ownership. They have won this division. They have been in an AFC title game. They've done this with Ryan Tannehill, and they've done it with a tough-minded head coach, defensive lean, but a tough-minded head coach nonetheless. So you got that from the owner. And then I'm going to give you a nod right here. You have been in that stadium the past seven times. If they lose on Sunday, they're going to do something that hasn't been done here, and this is for the sake They've lost seven consecutive. It will be eight if they lose on Sunday. And for the sake of a lot of you that are the younger generation and may not truly understand, while it was incredibly cool to get an NFL team here back in 1984, and I love the 1980s. I love reliving the 1980s. The one thing I would not want to relive would be those years and those days here. Some of those early 90s, mid-90s level teams. One of the things I loved, I love going out. I love being 21. I love having no responsibility. The past is awesome. Most of the Colts' past around here was not. And still, they fell into a win here or there. That's not a mark that if you're Chris Ballard, that if you're Shane Steichen and you're number one, that if you're any of these players or if you're the owner, Jim Ursay. That is not a mark you want to hear be talked about. So that's yet another thing on the line that makes this 
a must win coming up on Sunday. I know I can make up a lot of this stuff and I can have you laugh and we can all laugh together, but this is serious. Last year was an embarrassment. The way they ended two years ago was an embarrassment. Losing eight consecutive games on Sunday would be viewed as an embarrassment. Nobody wants that. They're not going to make the postseason with a win on Sunday. They're not going to win the division with a win on Sunday. But they will stop this ridiculous losing skid at home in front of their fans. And their fans walking out for the past seven with a loss tagged to them. And believe me, that is incredibly meaningful to them. I'll try to get that sunlight out of the way a little bit right there. Sorry about that, everybody. Look at the uh, Dairy Queen right there over my shoulder inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Brought to you by Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses. A shout-out to Gritty inside the lounge via YouTube Live, who apparently the, the advertisement with this show and your love for spreadability and Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses Gritty had to get on I-69, the Redneck Audubon, and drive from Monroe County all the way to Vanderburg County, all the way to Evansville, to the Evansville Mire, to make sure that they were stocked with the greatness for your party, your reunion, your tailgate, and spreadability. Win Schuler's spreadable cheeses. A shout out to Gritty. I know there's a lot of mileage involved there, but believe me, I saw the multi-tubs in the basket. And sometimes you got to do... For your enjoyment, what you got to do, and if that means a trip down the Redneck Audubon to get Winshuler spreadable cheeses because it may not have been available where you are, maybe in Monroe County, still scuffling a little bit, I know, down in Greenwood to make sure that they have tubs available. This is what happens with the advertising of this show, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Winshuler spreadable cheeses online, winshulers.com for recipes and more right now, and that is a shout-out to Gritty. Gritty says, I live in Evansville. Well, that's going to ruin the story, Gritty. Come on. Gritty, I had a really good story going right there. <laughs> really good story. Then we've ruined it. Now, nah, but Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses, hopefully you can find it in your favorite grocer's refrigerator right there, whether it's Kroger or Buyer. Uh, anyway, back to the must-win thing. Yeah, I'm not just saying this to say this. I'm not just saying this so everybody can laugh. I'm saying this with uh, all seriousness in mind. It, it needs to end. The losing streak needs to end. The Titans' recent dominance needs to end. There are a lot of things that need to absolutely end coming up on Sunday. That's why this is a must-win. It's a must-win to sidestep obvious embarrassment because you're going to do something that they didn't even do back in the uh, crappy old days often, right? Remember that. So now is the time. Sunday is the time for you. Now we'll talk about that coming up on the show, too. We got a lot for you. Bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by, I think the, the Zoom ended. I've been jacking around with that because of the sun right there, Dev. So you may want to check that out. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I think we just had a connection issue right there. Sam Silver Circle on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Uh, enough of why I believe this is a must win just outside of me messing around with you, which I'm not in this case. We've got tickets to give away, and we've got conversations to be had. Yet another weekend 
A weekend beginner in college football. I know the IU is going to be idle. Don Fisher is going to join us coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. But I felt we can also bring Don on because there is now a re-spark of the IU-Kentucky series coming up in a couple of years. We'll talk to Don about that coming up a little bit later on in his usual 5 p.m. hour spot. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN, the NFL analyst, is going to talk about Jonathan Taylor's return. Going to talk about Anthony Richardson. And that combination, you guys are asking me, will Taylor play coming up on Sunday? Tony Katz asked me a little bit earlier. I still sit here before you and wonder how that's going to happen. But you hear from folks, both locally and nationally, who will claim that it could very easily happen. I know Shane Steichen said earlier today that that is still to be determined. But we shall see. And again, as I mentioned yesterday, they are a variety of reasons why you want to see this happen. None of which, other than playing well, is really that beneficial to Jonathan Taylor. I know he's still under contract, still playing for money, whatever. He gets paid handsomely compared to how we get paid. But you know what I'm talking about. For what he wanted and for what he ended up with, It is going to be, again, more of a benefit for you and Shane Steichen, for example, on this offense upon his return. But that's certainly a big deal. We'll talk to Dan Orlovsky about that. He's going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I mentioned Don Fisher, Dan Orlovsky after 5 on the call on CBS on Sunday. Spiro Didis will join us of CBS coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about the matchup, the game. He and Adam Archuleta have the call. A little breakdown from Spiro coming up at about 4.30 today. Nate Atkins of the Star. So we've got some of the latest news regarding those that will be active and those that will not out versus Tennessee. Would include Bernard Ryman still in the concussion protocol. Quiddy Pay, who was also there. And I'd mentioned a little bit earlier, there has yet to be a decision regarding Jonathan Taylor. We also know that earlier today, you did see a little bit of practice from Ryan Kelly, right? Um, Ryan Kelly as, uh, let's see, Ryan Kelly has been cleared to play, as I see right here. So he has cleared concussion protocol and is good to go. That is Ryan Kelly. Uh, The other one is Shaquille Leonard. And that brings us to a lot of the obvious. Shaquille Leonard is going to miss Sunday. He has a groin injury situation. $20 million he would cost next year compared to a $9 million dead cap hit. Now, we're way, way in front of this. And you probably listened and you heard us talk about Gus Bradley a little bit earlier in the week trying to get people away from the, well, should they keep him? Should they cut him? Is he going to be worth it? By explaining to the folks that cover the Colts that you're really not going to see or they don't expect to see what they want to see out of Shaquille Leonard until November. But you miss a lot of time. You can't be counted on. You can't be consistent. Yeah, go and bring that over here. Obviously, that's something we are going to bring up, and we will do so with Nate Atkins coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour. As I mentioned, too, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. High school football week starts coming up later on tonight. I know people in here incredibly excited. This is a cathedral place. 
Cathedral and Ron Conley among those matchups on this Friday night of high school football. Brendan King and Jim Leisure have the call. It is Friday night football here on The Fan, brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana CarX dealers. Maintain fall road readiness with my friend Joe Childers. And know this, when the temperatures dip, as they will coming up this weekend, you're going to lose a little bit of air pressure in your tires. Get that checked instantaneously at one of the 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. For that location nearest you, that is carx.com today. The high school football game of the week, Brownsburg and Noblesville coming up later on tonight, again with Brendan King and Jim Leiser. Got that for you. Other NFL news going on. We'll dive into the college football category, especially with Notre Dame. Notre Dame and unbeaten Louisville. Now you look at Louisville and you go, oh, unbeaten, ooh, scary. It's not that scary. But another unbeaten squad for Notre Dame coming up this weekend. We'll dive into some college football for you as well. Meantime, 239-1070 is the number. Thinking I've given you enough right there. The email address is jmv at 1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I love you, Gritty, but you ruined a great story with Wynn Schuler Spreadable Cheese is leading the way right there. A proud sponsor of the Lounge via YouTube Live and the ride with JMV. Sam Silver Circle, it is a highlight of the Bud Light Blue Friday 2023 football ticket giveaway schedule. Shelby and Fletcher is our location. Looking for you? We've got plenty of beverages to be had and plenty of tickets to give away to the Titans-Colts game coming up on Sunday. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, and we are just getting started. Count on that at 239-1070. We'll join you, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Awesome! Totally awesome! All right, Hamilton. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Ooh, Toto as a re-entry right there. One of these days, I can't say anything right now. One of these days, this is a great song, by the way, Yacht Rock. One of these days, I'm going to have something really good to tell you in the not-so-distant future. Something that you guys will love a great deal. I promise. It's coming up. Like right now, Sam Silver Circle is at Shelby and Fletcher. Thank you all so much for joining us. I'm going to tell you, it's one thing to be inside the lounge via YouTube Live. And I love seeing you there, even though Gritty did not go along with my, I had to hop on the Redneck Audubon to go find Schuler Spreadable Cheeses. That's okay. Love the conversation that goes on in there. If you guys want to check it out, you want to see the show live, participate. The Schuler Spreadability, that's the lounge via YouTube Live. But really, on a day like today, I would love to see you. I know that there's a lot going on. There's probably a fall festival going on somewhere near you. Give you a great example. They are celebrating 35 years for the class of 1988. 35 years in a celebration down in Bloomfield, Bloomfield, Indiana. 
at the feed store. Now, you guys are going to laugh. You go, oh, what is this like, footloose? You're going to turn the feed store into a place to go to the prom? No. No. Now, the feed store is a place down there where, where people go and hang out. Um, I can't make it because I have the JMV takeover tomorrow night. But a shout-out to uh, my friends from, I call it Eastern High School. It's now known as Eastern Green. And all that I love dearly, the class of 1988 that will be celebrating tomorrow night while I will be playing all requested music for you from that particular era, from that decade. Tomorrow night will be 105.7 from 6 until midnight as a part of the JMV Takeover. And by the way, around all of that in Bloomfield this weekend is their fall festival known as the Apple Festival. What story do you want? Do you want the story where I almost cut off the tip of my index finger a week before basketball practice trying to use a butterfly knife? <laughs> do you want that one? Which one do you want? Or do you want the fight that happened for later days? But the Bloomfield Apple Festival going on in Bloomfield, Indiana this weekend. And a lot of love for the folks down there, too. Hey, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, got another Friday night of high school football, and loaded it is. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. Tonight, tomorrow night, joins us right now. Brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers Run CarX locations. Hello, Bob. How are you? John, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I was such a shooter, too, and I almost sliced off the end of my index finger <laughs> because, hey, what is this butterfly knife? How do you do these all these tricks? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have. It's a bad idea right there. But, hey, well, we got a big got Friday night as we know. Of, yeah, yeah. I, that was one of many yeah. bad ideas from your from your. Oh, day. such a bad, such a bad <laughs> idea. Me at the courthouse down there sitting. Yeah, just a bad idea. Um, I want to start here because this is a, a cathedral bar right here. Uh, big fan of the Cathedral Irish at Sam Silver Circle. They're heading down to Ron Colley to take on the Royals. Five and two are Cathedral. Uh, obviously a good season. Uh, heavy aspirations moving forward here as far as what they can do, how um, how deeply they can go into this postseason. Meantime, we've seen Ron Colley scuffle. Three and four, Louisville Mayo put the hammer to him last weekend. How do you look at that Ron Colley Cathedral matchup going into later on tonight on the south side? Well, I think it's a Cathedral team that uh, I know the record's five and two, but let me tell you, they've, they've won a couple of big games on the road these last two weekends. They've, they've played, uh, I think, one out of state team. They've, they're just, they're really good, John. Um, uh, Danny O'Neill is obviously as good as anybody headed to Colorado. So you got a quality quarterback. You have a defense that is uh, pretty solid. They can run the ball. They can make, uh, you know, got a balanced offense. But O'Neal, when they need a big play, need to do something right, he's the guy. And so yeah. um, they're good. And, you know, Ron Colley, as you mentioned, has struggled. They're just still trying, I think, still trying to find their way along. They're talented, had a really solid group last year. Some new people, different responsibilities. Uh, played a very difficult schedule. But anytime these two play, you know, the old cliche is appropriate. You really don't pay attention to the records because it's Cathedral Ron Colley. Yeah, and, and when you look at Cathedral's schedule, I mean, Frederick Douglass two weeks ago um, right. was, was I, I guess, kind of close. I don't know what the final score was. Uh, it would indicate that. What's up, Matt? Good to see you, brother. Um, really no problem, it would seem, winning by 13 at Cincinnati LaSalle. If you were coaching up a team – is it better off to have the out-of-state matchups 
earlier in the season or later in a campaign? Well, I think it's probably better early from my perspective. I think you're still trying to figure out who you are and gain an identity and uh, give yourself some time if things don't go well to try to clean some of those things up. Um, But they're clearly playing a demanding schedule. And I think heading into the tournament, they're playing very, very good football right now, to be honest. Well, when you think about it, both Cathedral and Ron Colley, um, Cathedral has Ron Colley tonight, and then I believe it is Center Grove at the Butler Bowl to close out the regular season in Week 9. Meantime, Ron Colley has Cathedral tonight, and then they get East Central coming up next week. So there's really going to be no rest for either one of these teams now, I guess, right? I mean, uh, I don't know whose is worse, to be honest. I mean, you're talking about – uh, arguably, you know, you get number one in both polls uh, in four, uh, is 5A and 6A in Center Grove. East Central's number one in 4A. And so, uh, yeah, you want to you want to be playing great football going into a tournament. But I still think that playing those teams, if you can get through without injuries to key people, uh, make you better. And you can point to that. Uh, and But if you get beat up physically or mentally in those kinds of games, now you have problems. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. Of course, the high school football game of the week tonight. Brendan King and Jim Leisure have it for you right after me at 7 o'clock. 7-0, Brownsburg, 3-4, Noblesville. Brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. CarX.com for that location nearest you today. Um, from when I talk to people in and around Brownsburg, they'll tell me they believe this season can and will be won for the ages. And through the first seven weeks of the season, that's exactly the way that it looks with this squad. I wouldn't argue. <laughs> that's, that's right. I would not argue. You start with one of the best coaches in the state in John Hart, who's won championships in Indiana and Illinois uh, and at different levels. He knows how to coach. Uh, they have some really, really talented kids. Uh, some game-changing, playmaking-type kids uh, offensively and defensively, capable of making big plays anywhere, can score anywhere. Defensively, lately, they've been just locking people up and taking care of business. And so uh, they're, they're very capable uh, of playing for a championship in 6A. I think they're half a dozen teams, quite frankly, John. That's what makes 6A pretty interesting right now is that there are a bunch of teams that can that can you need to get a break and uh, need to play well, obviously. But there are a number of teams who are capable of winning championships, and I think that's the same through most of the classes. It's been uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun football season to this point. Well, Bob, there are also two others we're talking about here: two Westfield and Fishers. Uh, yeah. The Rock six and yeah. one. Obviously, Fisher's five and two. So you're going to throw those records out here and have one hell of a Hamilton County matchup later on tonight. Again, I'm talking about teams that, that are capable of, of playing for a championship, yep. and you, you put them in there. Uh, Westfield has had some big wins in, in the year, throughout the year. They really have played for a championship a year ago, have that experience and understand what it's about. And so, you know, Fisher's has some um, talented kids. Uh, I think that's what marks you, makes you tough in 6A, but they're just a great game. I mean, it really is. And so much can happen between now and these next couple of weeks. But clearly, you have to consider these teams as you go into the tournament. You know, Bob, I've mentioned this before. I'm really happy for Bloomington North and and Scott Bless down there. And 
in the type of season they're having at 7-0. and And I mentioned one for the ages in Brownsburg. Uh, this has been so far one for the ages for the Cougars of Bloomington North. And I, you can't do this, but I'm going to ask anyway. You look at the schedule with their seven wins, and it's who you play. You're beating the crap out of whoever you play. Even, right. you know, edging by in overtime, your crosstown rival in South, that's great. But I do often wonder if you get enough of a gauge of yourself with this schedule compared, for example, what Fort Wayne Snyder gets right in that particular area. Is that a legitimate argument? I think it's a legitimate question to ask. Um, not exactly what the, what the answer is. I think right now Fort Wayne, if Snyder is good, uh, Kurt Tippman can coach as well as anybody in the state. They're, they're a good team. I'm not exactly sure if Fort Wayne's uh, football, I mean, I'm not sure if it's as competitive as it has been. Uh, and, and then I think you look at the schedule that Bloomington North is playing. I mean, South is ranked uh, third. And, and that's how you get those two teams in the top five uh, in the same city. Uh, the conference is always good and balanced. And so it's hard to make an argument one way or the other. I just know that, you know, that's a really, really good Bloomington North team. If you're a football fan in Bloomington, you should be proud of what those guys have been able to do because right now nobody else around has the dominance that the Bloomington schools has. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk coming up tonight, tomorrow night. Network Indiana affiliation across the state. Brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations, carx.com. Also, the proud sponsor of your high school football game of the week tonight. I don't know if this is going to go over well in this cathedral bar, but Chittard <laughs> is 7 0 on the season in 3A. And, you know, obviously have uh, the lights out win against Cathedral that bridged the gap between Friday and Saturday about a month ago. Uh, they get Shortridge later on tonight. I want to give Shortridge a little bit of love. I drove by. I was off because I had uh, some oral surgery on Wednesday, and I had to drive up to North Central because Blake was running for Ron Colley. And I went by Shortridge where they were out there practicing. And I'm sorry, that looks cool as hell. <laughs> I mean, you got oh, yeah, you know, all yeah, this commuting yeah. traffic, you know, near north side of downtown, right. and you got this football field right there where all these kids are, are working hard at their craft. Three and four doesn't matter to me whatsoever. I just thought that that was as cool as hell. I really wanted to stop because I had such a, a great deal of admiration. I thought it was neat. Well, it is neat. I, I think that people forget how much time and effort uh, our kids put in not just for football, but all the fall sports. I mean, you're in the middle of fall sports championships, John, and, you know, in tennis and, uh, and volleyball and cross country and, and football and these kinds of things. But the amount of hours that moms and dads and their sons and daughters put in, uh, yeah, it's good to give them love. And you talk about Chittard, uh, I'm not sure who can, I, I'm not sure who can beat them in three A. to be honest. They're, they're yeah. really, they're really, really good. And, um, uh, expected to be good, have been good, have played a difficult schedule, and as you pointed out, beat a very good, uh, good cathedral team not long ago. So um, it, it's a um, it's that time of year when they begin to shine. But you, you wish uh, you know, Shortridge a lot of luck in, in this matchup yeah. tonight, and hopefully they're able to get out there and, and make some things happen early and stay in it. I thought it was cool as hell. I really did. All right, final quick thing here with Bob Lovell. In 2A, number one, Linton Stockton at Eastern Green, my alma mater. The birds are battling <laughs> at four and three. 
Uh, Linton's coming off a 40-zip demolition of North Knox. I'm thinking maybe it's going to be like that against my fellas this evening, too. What do you think? Well, you know, uh, I love you and love the Thunderbirds, but um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not going to go well then. Okay, well, it's, yes. hard to be op- it's hard to be optimistic. Lint Stock, <laughs> you know, number one, they're number one for reasons, and and you know this historically, they're at or near the top of the polls. They're that good. It, it's yeah. the Brian Oliver's guys just steamroll people, uh, which they've done quite a bit this year. Uh, it's a team, and I know this. I've, I've worn this line out. They're very capable of playing and winning a championship, uh, and they really are. They're, they're a, a solid, well-put-together team. I mean, offensively, defensively, great balance, uh, and they, they, they pound you, uh, play after play after play. They wear you down, and um, birds are going to have to uh, not make mistakes, which isn't easy to do when you play a team of the caliber of Linton Stockton. Bob Lovell right there, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. He'll have you covered with that. He'll have you covered with the college football coming up tomorrow as well. And brought to you by CarX, your 14th Central Indiana. Joe Childers run CarX locations. For the CarX location nearest you, CarX.com. Your high school football game of the week tonight, again, is unbeaten Brownsburg and Noblesville coming at you at 7 o'clock. Bob, it is always an absolute pleasure. Enjoy this weather outside and have a a great weekend on Indiana Sports Talk, buddy. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. You got it. There he is, Bob Lovell. Indiana Sports Talk. Sam Silver Circle, Bud Light Blue Friday. We've got plenty to give away with Titans Colts tickets in mind. So stop by here. Fletcher and Shelby. Bud Light Blue Friday. Sam Silver Circle. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Nate Atkins, top of the hour with the injury list. Those that will not participate. And the likelihood that Jonathan Taylor does. Nate Atkins, top of the hour. Spiro Ditas of CBS, bottom of the four. Don Fisher, Dan Orlovsky in the five o'clock hour. A Friday edition of this show on a Bud Light Blue Friday. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Very uplifting 80s tune that our guy James is playing back there, courtesy of Cindy Lauper. You guys ever seen the film Just One of the Guys? Remember at the end? Because you know I love nudity. And at the end, there was some significant showing of the uh, thingies. Right? Because... Uh, you, you had a chick that was playing a dude so she could get a scholarship or prove that dudes got a better path to getting a scholarship that she wanted. And at the very end, she kind of exposed herself. And, and that was a really defining moment in my life right there. But what was really weird about it is um, there was a line in it at the end that said her date said, if you're a chick, then I'm Cindy Lauper. Is how he pronounced. You guys remember that? That's always driven me nuts. I go, God, what the hell? Cindy Lauper. It's like go back and watch Footloose when Sarah Jessica Parker is in that, 
and she references Warren Beatty and calls him Warren Beatty. I go, how do you not edit that crap out here, nerds? Come on. It's always bugged me right there. Cindy Lauper. Yeah, I was also thinking about that particular decade on the wall here at Sam Silver Circle. They have really decade upon decade of Sports Illustrated covers. And one is, I believe this was his first. It's the Sports Illustrated cover from 1985, I want to say. It's kind of far away. I can't see it. But it's Kid Dynamite with Mike Tyson on the cover. Go see, Doug, see if that's 85 like I think it is right there. And that was a time when I was getting SI, 86, 1986. I want to say that may have been the first, if not the first, the second time Mike Tyson was on SI. And I think it's more of one of the more iconic covers of that magazine's history. Kid Dynamite. But they have a lot of stuff in here. We've got Ice Cold Bud Light, and I have multi-pair of Titans Colts tickets to give away. Bears fans were happy last night, I guess bittersweet, because their team won, and Justin Fields looked really good. And then we lost a legend, lost an icon in Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus not only set the standard of linebacker, inducted into the National Football League Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame back in 1979, but went on like a couple of others, including Bubba Smith and Alex Karras of his time, went on to be a star on both the big and the small screen. And really also synonymous with with television commercials back then too. But I remember him as a part of the Bears radio network in 1985 when they won Super Bowl 20. And if you remember, when they played Dieter Brock and the L.A. Rams at Soldier Field, it started to snow. And that's that Wilbur Marshall fumble recovery for a touchdown that salted away the game. And he was a part of that call. And it was tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. And I just wanted to give a sky point to Dick Butkus, who uh, will go down in history as one of the all-time greats. And one of those who first started kind of bridging the gap between sports and entertainment in terms of television and film. Uh, Dick Butkus was 80 years of age. Quick break, we'll come back. All right, the injury concerns for the Colts. Is there a reason why the line significantly went from uh, the Colts being the favorites now to the Titans being a road favorite? Nate Atkins will talk about that and the distinct possibility 28 is playing coming up on Sunday. Nate comes and joins us on the other side. Bud Light Blue Friday, Sam Silver Circle, lots of tickets to give away. We'd love to have you here on this Friday. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Collect them, trade them, or just enjoy them. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Sam Silver Circle. This is Lionel Richie, and he's dancing on the ceiling. Nate Atkins in just a second. Spiro Dita, CBS, bottom of the hour. Dan Orlovsky, Don Fisher in the 5 o'clock hour. Bud Light Blue Friday. Fletcher 
and Shelby is our location. Sam Silver Circle. We got lots of Titans Colts tickets to give away. So get here. Ice cold Bud Light on tap. Somebody across the street here. I believe this is Fletcher, is having delivered a washing machine, and it looks to be a front loader. So we were having the debate here, would you rather have a front loader or a top loader? I have a top loader. Dev, you got a washing machine at home? What's yours? Top loader. Doug, what about yours? Front loader? Front loader. Doug tells me that the front loaders are better than the top loaders. I'm just wondering... Because that's being delivered next door right here. Hey, plenty of room for you as well. We would love to see you on this Bud Light Blue Friday. And lots to talk about in terms of the Colts. Let's get right to it. Nate Atkins of the Star who joins us right now. So, Nate, help us out on this debate. Front loader or top loader? What kind of washing machine do you have? Uh, I have the front loader one. So, uh, But I'm not my area of expertise. So I don't think I'm going to your debate too well. <laughs> I uh I live in the past, so obviously I'm a top-loader guy right there. So I get you. I got you. Nate Atkins, uh, the star, joins us. I, I, we saw the line move. I don't know how much you pay attention to this, Nate, uh, from the Colts being the favorite to the Titans now. Was a lot of that because of what we saw today, those being ruled out? I mean, you get Bernard Ryman's out again at left tackle. That is absolutely huge. Quiddy Pay is going to be out. Shaquille Leonard is going to be out. I mean, even with the return of Ryan Kelly and the possibility, I'm sure we'll get to with Jonathan Taylor. Is that the reason why we saw this this line movement, or is there more to it in your estimation? You know, I remember saying at the beginning of the week that the uh, Titans were underdogs, and I just know that uh, for the little I followed sort of the – uh, the way that those betting lines often go is that uh, a lot of people tend to like betting the Titans when they are a road underdog. Uh, they have a good track record in those situations. So it's, I think it was kind of a matchup, you know, figuring out that, that they've owned this rivalry in recent years, that their players really get something out of, you know, beating up on the Colts and, and being ahead of them in that battle. And then the fact that the Colts have a few leaks along the way with at least, you know, Bernard Ryman, uh, Quiddy Pay, and the idea that if Jonathan Taylor comes back, you know, it's it's still sort of a new uh, guy coming off, you know, being out for so long. Uh, so I, I don't know if it just seems like a good opportunity for the Titans to, if they are going to beat this Colts team, this may be the week that gives them a better chance. But um, I don't know how much it's related to uh, the actual, you know, news today because uh, really I didn't know until – you know, I, I, until we got out there and saw him out of practice, that Gil Leonard wouldn't be going today. Uh, you know, Quiddy Pay was one of those that, because he uh, went into the concussion protocol this week, you know, no players really clear that in the week anymore. But Bernard Ryman seemed like he would be more on the edge since he, he went into it uh, last Friday. So, to me, that one was just kind of up in the air. And if, they, if they'd gotten Ryman back, then they'd have a full offensive line, and I think it's a little different matchup. So I'm not too sure there, but I do think that there is, you know, today's news, you'd have to say at least with Ryman, um, should should help the Titans out a little bit in terms of exposing the one matchup that they've tended to win in, in recent years, which is their defensive line against the Colts' offensive line. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. So I'm assuming Blake Freeland is going to get that start at left tackle again. And at least uh, geek, nerdy numbers-wise, and, and probably the eyeball test too, uh, as far as pass protection was concerned, he was pretty horrific. And I'm assuming 
basically everybody along that D-line, uh, probably Javon Curse would like to come back and maybe take a shot at Freeland coming up on, on Sunday uh, on that uh, left tackle situation. W- would you agree on that? Because it looked to be incredibly problematic, again, in terms of pass protection this past Sunday. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, of course, you know, matchups are in moments are everything. So Blake Freeland had two things going against him last week where I didn't know until Friday that he was even going to play. So one day of practice on the lightest day of the week uh, to get ready with that first team line and get really sunk into the matchup. And then the matchup is going to include refs against Aaron Donald. So the Rams, you know, smartly so took advantage of that, knowing that, the fourth-round rookie in his first game. And Blake Freeland had mostly worked on the right side in training camp, so he's still adjusting. So he was not set up well to do very well last week, and he did struggle. This week, it's a little bit better just because, you know, he's now had four practices. They kind of were preparing for Freeland to start and hoping they could get Ryman back. But this is more of a week of them going the whole week of of playing to have Blake and then – uh, you know, the Titans, I mean, they have – certainly they have guys to throw after him. They'll have, you know, Harold Landry and his speed is always, uh, you know, something to deal with, sort of that speed skater off the edge. But it's not the same thing as Aaron Donald, who they generate one-on-one matchups for. He could just sort of ragdoll anyone. He did that with Quentin Nelson at times last week. So it's not quite as difficult as that. Uh, but it, it certainly is a concern, and it's where I think you have to – Really, if you're the Colts, be really you know grateful that you have Anthony Richardson and his mobility because that's really the only reason they survived Aaron Donald last week was the number of times he was able to either get away or throw from a compromised position like that uh, deep ball down the right sideline to Alec Pierce. It's very few quarterbacks could sort of be falling backwards and have the arm strength and downfield accuracy to place that ball there. So they're really going to be leaning again on Anthony's ability to – navigate these pockets that are going to just probably not be perfect because they often aren't against the Titans and you have a backup left tackle too. So Nate Atkins of the Star joins us talking about the Colts matchup, players out, players in, one of those players out, Shaquille Leonard with a groin injury situation. I know that Gus Bradley earlier this week, it was asked of him um, the, the lessening of the snaps last game against the Rams for Leonard and you know, he kind of just mentioned, hey, we're not going to see the real Leonard we don't expect until November, which I'm assuming was cushioning kind of the blow of questions that were coming. But do we wait until then to, like, punch in the clock on him? A lot of people want to do it right now. That's a lot of money and big decisions to make in the offseason. I mean, when do we really, in your estimation, begin to accurately judge what he is going to be and whether or not he's going to have that affordability or at least be worth what he is being paid now and then moving forward. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting conversation going this year into next year, especially because it's, it's he's paid like what he was at the time he signed the deal, which is one of the very best defensive players in football. You know, a three-time, first-time, uh, first-team All-Pro you know, a guy who led the league in forced turnovers in 2021. So the bar he's trying to get back to is just so, so high. And what we've seen so far is just so far from that, not um, not in terms of 
that he's just not helpful, but like he just hasn't had impact plays. I think he's had one no. so far that I can think of. It was a tackle for loss in the opener. So he's got a long way to get back to because the bar was that high. This week, you know, it's unfortunate he added a groin injury uh, that's sort of totally, it's totally separate from what's really going on with him trying to get back to full form after the back injury uh, or back surgery. And that surgery happened in November. So I think that's why they, they're looking at November is just given this full 12 months where the final, you know, two months or so, two to three months are just this, you know, he's out there on the field. He's, he's, he's playing at a lesser athleticism than he had, but it's still, it's still fairly athletic. So we are going to just have to see it build. It's unfortunate that it's going to take that kind of time. And of course it's, it's going to put pressure on that final, uh, you know, final half of the season or so, because they are going to get into next year and have that conversation where uh, it's a lot of money to sink into a more than 20 million. And the way the contract is structured is that if if they, you know, they, they don't feel like they're getting that player anymore, it's going to be something they look at in terms of either a restructure or you know they could look into moving on. If it, obviously if he's if he just can't get back to that level, they they're going to have that conversation. But we're certainly off of that. I'm I'm not I'm not going to entertain that yet because we do have to give him that time to get back to the timeline that that they've laid out. And I can tell you that that's not just something that Gus Bradley is came up with this week because in week one. Uh, his linebackers coach, Richard Smith, you know, he was given sort of a snap count to put him on and felt like they played him too much. So they were intentionally dialing that back because they had this plan to, to that, that he wasn't going to be the full guy until uh, later on in the season. So unfortunately, like everything else with Shaq and this back injury, uh, we just kind of have to wait and see. And it, it's hard to 100% predict what's going to happen. Hey, Nate, uh, Bonehead, first possession defensively error hitting out of bounds and Matthew Stafford aside here. With EJ Speed and with Zaire Franklin, with their level of play, how much is that also working against and then kind of setting up the description of where Shaquille Leonard is right now? I think EJ Speed has factored into that. He certainly has taken a leap from what he'd been before this year, which was just a very occasional flash player on defense and a special teamer. You know, he's kind of – they've been doing this for a few years where a new linebacker sort of steps in. Uh, last year was Bobby Okereke and had a career year. You know, Zaire Franklin, of course, last year had a career year. And it seems like EJ is turning a corner, and we'll see if he can get anywhere near what those two accomplished, which was awesome play. But he certainly is showing that – uh, that he can he can flash as a blitzer as a sideline to sideline tackler, um, you know, the penalties are something that he he does have to work on. They they popped up a little last year, and then um, obviously the one on Sunday, uh, he's he cannot be doing that because that that turned a third down and a punt into a first down and a touchdown drive. But uh, but but right now when they're in nickel, they're they're rotating. Shaq and EJ Speed because they see they see what EJ can do as a guy who uh, who has that ability to blitz and right now I think he's he is the more athletic player between those two just in terms of where Shaq is on that recovery timeline so they look at it as good depth to have while they're going through this with Shaq but this will be an interesting week where there's no Shaq 
EJ's playing a lot. This is kind of his opportunity to earn a little bit more staying power by playing an even higher level of snaps. And if he can, if he can really flash and deliver, you know, it'll it'll get them feeling like um, that they can manage just a little better than maybe they thought coming into the year. Ned Atkins of the Star with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Jonathan Taylor, I thought all along, man, it would be a stretch to see him out there in this week five against the Titans. And then, you know, what you kind of hear both locally and nationally is that that opportunity, non-skeptic opportunity, that he's going to get that chance to play on Sunday. I know it's still to be determined in terms of Shane Steichen. Do you think that he plays on Sunday? Where are you at with that right now? We'll find out officially tomorrow when they uh, decide to activate him, but I do think we're going to see him on Sunday. I think it will probably be at a pitch count. Uh, you know, things similar to you know other players who've had just a long time off. JT's been out of practice, just even a practice setting for he's totaled it more than 290 days. But the thing is, he is he's been working out for a while, just in terms of. You know, his, his overall conditioning, not in pads, and in terms of, you know, being able to cut on that ankle, he's he's, perfect, he's perfectly healthy right now. And so it's really a matter of them deciding, you know, at the running back position, it's they feel like they can plug and play with an all-pro. Uh, Shane Steichen mentioned that this week that, like, teams sign guys on Wednesday and they start on Sunday in this league when you have injuries. So... I think they'll look at Taylor the same way where if you look at how they've done it, I mean, Zach Moss has done a very admirable job of, you know, filling in, but he's the only guy they've trusted to run the ball at all. And so I just think it's it's going to be too much to pass up the ability, the home run potential of Taylor. And just even if he can take, you know, you know eight to eight to 12 touches, it makes it a lot better on Zach Moss, especially if you get to a situation where Zach Moss were to get hurt. Uh, they, they ran into that trouble against Baltimore, and he basically played hurt and just gutted it out down the stretch of the fourth quarter in overtime. They, they just don't have many bodies to play at running back, so I think if they deem that Taylor's healthy and they trust that he can run the offense at, at a pretty plug-and-play position, I think they'll, they'll play him and uh, they'll just decide how much they're going to. But I, I would... I expect him to play. Nate, I'm curious about this. I'm not suggesting at all that this is what Jonathan Taylor would want. I'm not suggesting this is what the Colts are going to do. But asking your opinion offensively, when he is back and comfortable and Jonathan Taylor again, will they in this offense, this is not last year's by any stretch of the imagination, not two years ago, whatever. Will Shane Steichen try to utilize him more in a passing game than we have ever seen him before, or is he still going to be the same type of, you know, running back that we have seen in the past? Because in terms of seeing value or whatever coming down the path, I mean, that's one way you can obviously extend that value. Is there a chance he's utilized at some point like that, or is it going to be the same old usage we've seen from 28 in the past? You know, I'm very curious to see what they do on third downs because I think that is the unknown. You know, they went out and they drafted Evan Hull in the sixth round after trading Naheem Hines because they felt like they needed a third down specific player. It's not the strength of Jonathan Taylor's game. I think he's 
he can be fine as a receiver in terms of obviously he's explosive when he gets the ball in his hands. So he's never really been a route runner. And pass pro was his uh, a struggling point for him last year. They were trying to brace for that. Obviously, Evan Hole got hurt. They moved on from Deion Jackson, who was also built in that mode. So they don't really have a receiving uh, skill set available to them right now. Uh, knowing Shane Steichen, you know, he's he's super creative. So he's I think he's going to find ways to get the ball in Taylor's hands in non-traditional formats, so not just handing him the ball off. You know, so, so I do think there will be some, uh, you know, either – maybe not quite trick plays, but unique designs that kind of leak him in a different way to throw the ball to him. You know, it's they've done that before with Taylor in the past. You think back to 2021, he scored a touchdown against the Bills where they had kind of – they had him and Hines on the field at the same time and kind of threw back across the formation, and Taylor kind of outrun – ran one guy to the end zone. So I think Shane Steichen will bring his own version of that. So I think we could see some potentially – you know, occasionally explosive plays for him in the passing game. But I have a feeling that they're they're mostly going to try and use him in the areas where he's best, which is, you know, running the ball, just getting uh, – making guys miss and, and bringing a rushing floor, but especially trying to bring that explosiveness to the offense and presenting a threat in the backfield that gets a defense away from Anthony Richardson a little bit. So – it's all a matter of dividing up the reps that you have for a player, and I have a feeling that they'll, they'll use more of his in the run game, more of a sort of occasional thing that, that just gets him the ball in some different ways. Hey, Nate, final quick thing with you, Nate Atkins of the Stars on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. People always bring up the cornerback situation, and now with Dallas Flowers done for the season, even more so, you know, under the criticism microscope. How much do you think we should be going in on the safety play so far this season? Yeah, I think it's an underrated point as we talked so much about the cornerbacks is that, you know, the way that this defense is designed just at a traditional level going back to uh, Gus Bradley's days in Seattle and elsewhere is that it puts a lot on the safety. It puts just on their skill sets where they uh, they play one – you know, often one high safety center fielder, long ranger, um, think Earl Thomas at the days of the Seahawks. And then the one in the box, you know, was Cam Chancellor with Seattle. So they're trying to build those skill sets out with the guys they have, but they're both kind of newer, uh, haven't been huge impact players yet in those roles. So Rodney Thomas, second year as that free safety, and then they moved Julian Blackman, strong safety. It's a newer role for him. And they're trying to figure out kind of what, how best to deploy those within that. But it's a hard defense to run if your safeties are not those high-level players because you're kind of asking them to do two jobs at once sometimes, at least for the free safety role. So I don't think those guys have been, you know, stars. I don't know that they've been a problem, but they are the way that they built this defense this year where they didn't invest in cornerback, moved on from Stephon Gilmore, didn't replace Isaiah Rogers, they're just naturally putting more on those safeties to be kind of higher-level players. And so those are guys that are going to have to take the leap because at quarterback, they're kind of they're kind of the spot that they're in where, you know, it's just you can't go out on the street and really sign these proven, durable, you know, in-their-prime cover quarterbacks. They're going to kind of hodgepodge that all year. It's those – those two safeties and then Nick Cross, 
as much as he can factor in either as a third safety, uh, you know, or a guy maybe who plays in the nickel is, is you know, an opportunity to get a third safety in. Uh, somewhere within that, they're going to have to get a few more impact plays and guys that can make those young corners on the outside you know, feel like they, they don't have to do everything. And so that's what we saw at the end of that game is, is the communication issues and just some of the uh, alignment issues with these young corners trying to guard the Rams in overtime. The safeties, you know, they, they have to step up a little bit more where uh, they have to really be on top of communication. So that's Julian Blackman's role. And then really be on top of tackling when these corners do miss, which is more of Rodney Thomas's role. So I think both of them have to step it up. It's uh, Nate Atkins right there getting run down by the Popo with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from the Star talking Colts matchup with the Titans on Sunday. Hey, Nate, I appreciate that very much. And uh, we'll find out, I guess, tomorrow for real whether or not uh, 28 is going to be active. But it'll be entertaining nonetheless. And I'm, I'm here and very excited to see it. I appreciate you on this Friday. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, for sure. That was an ambulance passing me, so don't worry. I'm not oh. speaking, but uh, Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought hot sauce was pouring all over you right there. So, good. I'm glad you glad you corrected me, brother. Have a great weekend. See you Sunday. Yep, you too. So, Nate Atkins on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We thought that uh, former HSC standout Randy Gregory was just cut loose by the Broncos. In fact, he was traded to the Niners, which is exactly what the Niners need right now defensively chase claypool a little bit earlier today was traded to the dolphins so we'll talk about that coming up as well spiro Dinas of cbs has the call he's going to join us bottom of the hour uh don fisher voice of the hoosiers and dan orlowski of espn going to join us in the five o'clock hour sam silver circle we're at fletcher and shelby on a bud light blue friday with plenty of titans colts tickets to give away it's 93.5107.5 the fan Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Sam's Silver Circle. JMV Takeover tomorrow night, 6 until midnight. All requests will deal with the uh, 1980s for you, too. B105.7 tomorrow night. You know, uh, as Genesis songs goes, I, this is the one I hate the most, James. Well done. Good job. This would be Invisible Touch. I'm not a big fan of it. Tomorrow night, though, I'm a big fan of you calling in. JMV Takeover, it is one of its kind. Seriously, all of your requests, 6 until midnight tomorrow night, B105.7. Sunday morning, 9 a.m., the ride to kickoff begins at the Bullseye Event Center and then a part of the Colts Radio Network with me, the Goreman, Bill Brooks, and Joe Wrights, a couple of former Colts. Touchdown town as we lead you up to that matchup with the Titans and the Colts week number five and joining us now from CBS along with Adam Archuleta and Amanda Renner on the call of the Titans and the Colts on Sunday. Spiro Didis joins us. Hello, Spiro. How you doing, man? Hey, John. Good to be on with you. 
Spiro, are you in town? I am. Are you in Indy? I am in town. I am in town. Well, hell, why aren't you? Why are you not with me right now? You know, I was kind of hoping I was going to get the invite, John, but you know, Dude, they, they wanted to so, do it over the phone. Well, so I, I didn't. Take I can back. send somebody to get you right now. Seriously, and it's not too it's far never, from where it, you are. And I'm, hey, I would love to get you good and hammered too for the weekend. What a great way to start your weekend. <laughs> Well, you, you never need to twist my arm when it comes to that. <laughs> well, I should send somebody over and get you right now. I don't know what everybody was thinking about that. Um, I, I, first of all, before we get to the game on Sunday, Spiro, how many games do you do on average, I mean, of everything, play-by-play-wise, over the course of a calendar year? You know, I was actually just thinking of this. I think now, you know, when I used to work for NBA teams, I was with the Lakers for six years, and then the Knicks for three. It was it was a bear. You know, I mean, if you think about it, um, NBA with, with 82 games, and with the Lakers, we were having full postseasons every year. It was well over 100 yeah. games just for that. Then you throw in the NFL and college basketball. Now it's it's way more manageable. So... 18 NFL, probably seven to eight regular season college hoops for CBS the tournament. Maybe 30, maybe 40 dates. 40 dates. Then you yeah. throw in the travel. It's you know multiple multiple travel dates per game at, at a minimum. But yeah, you know, when that's you're a, younger, that's a hell of a way to live, though, right there, man. I know it's hard, dude. And and don't get me wrong, we can all be sports fans, but we're still working. We know what I mean. We're still working. Yeah, I'm sitting here drinking right now, but I'm still working. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like one of those things you can never complain to the average person, you know, who's got to right. work in a cubicle or, you know, I mean, my, I'm, I'm the son of Greek immigrants. My father came here and worked as a dishwasher and was in the restaurant business. So I, I saw what that grind is like. So, I mean, we're, we're living the dream every day it's just to, to get paid to do what we do is, is as good as it gets. So. It is the NFL on CBS with the Titans and the Colts in week number five on Sunday. Adam Archuleta, Amanda Renner, and our guest is Spiro Ditas, play-by-play voice with CBS on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. When you first saw the Colts 2023 version, were you surprised in a way that they were better than what you thought, what you thought, or worse than what you thought? Well, we've won certainly better. And look, we had the Colts multiple times last year, John, and, and that was that was a dumpster fire, unfortunately, and it's at the worst possible level. So to say that they wouldn't have been better than that probably was, was unrealistic. Um, the Baltimore game just blew us away. I remember – I can't remember where we were, uh, maybe Denver. Watching that score that day was, was just stunning. Um, whether it was week two or week three, I can't recall. And, it, you know, that that really turned heads. I think it was week three, now that I think of it. Um, that really turned heads. And that, that, I think, was the first real sign that things have changed here fairly quickly. I don't know that anyone could expect them to maintain that level of play. But early signs, just based on what we saw last year, the, the mood of the building. We were just there earlier today watching practice and sitting with Shane and, and Anthony Richardson and, and some of the other players. The difference in that building last year to this, uh, stunning. And we're, I'm a huge Frank Reich fan. You know, Frank has always been one of my favorites in this business. He was always so hospitable to us, loved him as a coach. Obviously, things went south here the last couple of years. But as Ryan Kelly, their, their Pro Bowl center, told us, he said, look, last year, I mean, this, this was a broken team. You know, it was fractured. The locker room was a mess. 
to go from where they were last year to where they are now, not just the wins, but to have a young quarterback the way they do in this kid, Anthony Richardson, and to have some of the new pieces, the vibe in the place. I mean, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm ecstatic with where they are here for four-plus weeks into the season. Spiroditas of CBS, kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You were out at the Colts Complex a little bit earlier checking out practice, I'm sure, doing some of the the pregame interviews and put those in the can in preparation for Sunday and that week five matchup with the Titans. And I'm assuming you probably asked this question, but just in, in the casual conversation you heard earlier today, would your expectation be Jonathan Taylor for the first time this season suits up and plays or does he sit it out? It's a great question. You know, we, we asked, we, we watched practice. He was, he was out there as I'm sure his is on, I haven't seen social media today, but I'm sure it's been reported that he was taking a yeah. fair amount of snaps. Um, we asked Shane, Shane noncommittal, you know, he had a little smirk, uh, which tells me, I mean, if I was a betting man and this is based on nothing that they told us, I would, yeah. I would, I would suspect that he may suit up and play obviously not a full allotment, but um, they may end up waiting a week. You know, if you think about it, John, he, he's been out for so long. Yesterday, with, with the walkthrough on Wednesday, yesterday was the first time he practiced since December. So to ask him now to suit up, and today was a walkthrough again with, with virtually no pads, to ask him to suit up with just basically one full day of practice, I think would be asking a lot. Um, but just looking at Jonathan Taylor in a helmet and a jersey and running around, I mean, he looks fantastic. And I think the prospects, whether he plays Sunday or whether it's next week, the prospects of a Jonathan Taylor, Anthony Richardson backfield, and with Shane Steichen, the play caller and, you know, the offensive guru, I think bodes very well for this team. And, and again, you know, who knows what the future holds with Jonathan Taylor that you hope uh, I, I would love to see him stay here. I mean, this is, to me, this is where he belongs. Um, I know the running back market is, is kind of funky right now, but if they can figure out a way to keep him here, and this is your nucleus moving forward, that's that's a lot to be encouraged about. To Spiro Ditas with us. So Dave McGinnis, who's a former NFL coach, in fact, about four decades he has spent uh, in the NFL as a head coach, an assistant coach, and a positional coach. Surprised me a little bit yesterday. Great, great guy to have on from the Titans Radio Network. And he called or described Anthony Richardson as a generational quarterback, um, which mm-hmm. would take me a little bit. From what you've seen so far, what do you think of the tools, the possibility of growth, and the ceiling for the 21-year-old rookie quarterback of the Colts? Yeah, I think I would, I would say that I was in that camp based on what we had seen. Because if you think about it, you know, basically just one year as a full-time starter at the collegiate level. So he, you know, if you think about it, he's basically started 16 games in his life as a, as a frontline starter. And I think a lot of times when you see these big physical specimens at quarterback, you think, well, it's a running quarterback, you know, one-dimensional. But the thing that really sets him apart is that he is equally adept of standing back there in the pocket and and making all the hard throws. He has the anticipation throws. His accuracy, which was something that people mentioned, I know he was, what, 53% completion percentage last year, that that was something that was a perceived weakness. But listening to my partner, Adam Archuleta, who breaks down these quarterbacks, I think, as well as anyone, he says that Anthony Richardson is, is way ahead of where Josh Allen was as a first-year quarterback. And obviously Josh Allen has now become among the elites at the position. 
But I think the one thing that you can't teach sometimes is having the anticipation as a thrower, you know, passing a guy open as opposed to waiting till he gets open and then getting him the football. Anthony Richardson seems to have that instinctual ability to pass. And, and the other thing is he's willing to stay in the pocket, John, as the pocket starts to collapse, feeling the pressure and make those tough throws. I think of the play he made last week with Aaron Donald chasing him down, and he just threw it kind of a sidearm on a rope 40 yards to Alec Pierce. I mean, that was, that's one of those wow throws that you see from a rookie rarely. And, and I think in a, in a very short amount of time here, he, he's shown you signs that leads you to think that this kid could, could in fact be the real deal. Uh, he looks very, very special. And I can tell you, Shane Steichen, who's been around a lot of really good quarterbacks, you know, Justin Herbert with the Chargers, obviously Jalen Hurts the last couple of years, he said he saw all of two throws in his pre-draft workout, and he said, I'm good. I've seen enough. You know, and this is a guy who sees, who sees, who knows what it looks like at the highest level. So that told me an awful lot about how good this kid is. Spiro Dinas, along with Adam Archuleta and Amanda Renner, have you covered week five on the NFL on CBS. That is a, a 1 o'clock kick. And again, Spiro, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, I didn't want to break away because we haven't talked, and it, certainly it's, it's been a while. I want to make sure, before I get into this, were you, and I'm assuming you were, right, a part of the NCAA basketball tournament that was basically in the state of Indiana and all-encompassing here in this this area right I back was. in, in 2021? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to get was, your yeah. thoughts because I of, – of the amazing things that have been accomplished over my years in sports, I don't think that overall aspect gets nearly enough – credit i was just kind of curious somebody that lived it you know lived inside this this kind of bubble that we were all in here with kind of half-assed crowds but still the real deal going on on the floor and doing what you normally do how was that experience for you both living it and then reflecting upon it i think you know i think most guys i can only speak for myself but i think most people men and women who are fortunate enough to do what we do after a while, it becomes kind of repetition. You know, it's just another yeah. stadium and just another arena, and, and you go through the motions a little bit for, to a certain extent. That, you know, I could do this for another 20, 30 years if I'm lucky. That experience that week here will be something that, that stands out. Um, the level of coordination between the NCAA, between uh, television partners, CBS and Turner, the schools, uh, it, was, it was unbelievable. You know, and there was such an unknown factor as to what to expect. Um, there were challenges. You know, it was the unfortunate part for us, John, is, you know, you get to the NCAA tournament every year, and the great part for us is we're, we're all together, we're hanging, you know, we're socializing. Coaches and people that you know from, from all corners of the country, you get together. It was different then because we were all here. You know, we were all in the same hotel, but we couldn't socialize. So that part was challenging of basically – you woke up in the morning, you, you got on the shuttle, uh, everyone in their own personal transportation because of COVID, getting to the arena and then basically just coming back to your hotel room. So there was a, there was a certain sense of isolation that you felt. But just to, to be back in the tournament after it was taken away from all of us the year before was wild. And I just thought that Indiana, the state, the city, just the perfect venue. You know, you think of college hoops, I mean, there's no place that's – that has more history, and um, and I just always love coming here, whether it's football, whether it's hoops. Uh, tons of great memories, and 
And that was, again, that was one as, as a unique experience as I've ever had in this business. Well, I mean, and, and you hope it's that way, but that's forever going to be one of one right there, Spiro. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. I, I, I look back on that, and, and I always get overwhelmed with pride with folks around here for being able to, to try to keep the sense of normalcy and, and for the basketball that we all desired, we all wanted to see in that capacity is still unbelievable to this day with me, even in reflection and talking with you, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, I'm glad you did. It was, it was there was such a void, and I think we all had such a need to get back to normal, which at that point yeah. it was certainly a, a different and a new normal that we were all used to. But um, that you should be proud. You should be proud. I mean, they they did such an A plus job with everything, um, and we were we were just talking about it this morning. You know, so every time we come here, every time we're, we're at the same hotel, you know, so every time I come back here, all those memories kind of come back. So it was it was it was a fantastic experience. All right, so if you're at the hotel right now, literally, I can get somebody over there in about 10 minutes. You want to come over here and have some drinks? <laughs> I think I have a feeling you and I would be a dangerous combination, so I think I'm going to oh, be, be very boy. dangerous. Yes. I'm going to be a good boy and just stay on my best behavior so I get ready for Sunday. Well, I, <laughs> next time you're in town, we'll let you know. And for downtown again on these Fridays, as, as we often are, we'll have somebody come over and get you, okay? Sounds good to me, brother. Miss Bureau, we'll be watching coming up on Sunday. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for dropping in. All right, John. My pleasure. Take care. Spiro Ditas of CBS. He and Marcelletta Amanda Renner coming up on Sunday. I I had to ask regarding the 2021 NCAA tournament because that still, to me, is absolutely amazing. I would love to see it again. I thought at that point that this city earned the right. And I know that it comes down to money and you can't make enough money and you got to have other markets, other cities. You're going to have to have everything involved. But I thought at that point they earned the right to do it when you can have full crowds. Seriously, I do. It was that amazing to me. Sam Silver Circle on a Bud Light Blue Friday. There's Joe Childers of the 14th Central Indiana Car X locations. Here to serve you, Noblesville, Brownsburg, the CarX, thecarX.com, high school football game of the week on the fan coming up later on tonight. Quick break, we'll come back. Don Fisher after five, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN in the five o'clock hour. He's going to tell you what he thinks, not just about Richardson present time, but about once 28 gets involved, what it can do for this offense. Dan Orlovsky in a little over 35 minutes. Bud Light Blue Friday, Sam Silver Circle. Fletcher and Shelby on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back to Sam Silver Circle. All right, I got a good news, bad news scenario here. You guys ready for it? James, you ready for the good news, bad news? Go ahead. So, um, October 9th and 10th, 
the Eagles are headlining, right? And Steely Dan was going to be the opener, which is awesome. Steely Dan will not be performing with the Eagles shows next week here in Indy. Due to an illness, Steely Dan will not be performing. So I know everybody's bummed. I love Steely Dan, and I know that, that Walter's not a part of it any longer, um, Sky Point, but it is still a really good show to see. So Steely Dan will not be performing. However, for those of you out there, Steve Miller Band will be appearing as special guest on both nights, October the 9th and the 10th at Gambridge Fieldhouse. So again, due to illness, no Steely Dan on the Eagle shows in which that are upcoming. Steve Miller Band will be appearing as a special guest on both nights. And that's a bummer. Don't get me wrong. I love Steely Dan. But you guys, if, if you're going to come up with and shout out to everybody that got this going. If you're going to come up with an opener that's legit, Steve Miller Band fits right in that category. So there you know. Uh, coming up again, October 9th and the 10th. Quick break, and we shall return. Bottom of the 4 o'clock hour, Dan Orlowski of ESPN is going to join us. My man, Danny Hayes, in the house. Look at that one-run collie dude with all these cathedral guys. What are you going to do right here? <laughs> Dan Orlowski coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, too. Win Shuler's Spreadable Cheeses. You're going to love it, too. The official sponsor of the lounge via YouTube Live and the ride with JMV. So many different flavors. Meyer and Kroger locations. Make your party the best it can. Can be with Winshuler's spreadable cheeses. Winshuler's.com today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. Lot he does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This location is Sam Silver Circle Fletcher. And Shelby, my man Danny Hayes from Back Nine just showed up. We got Back Nine on the schedule coming up a little bit later on here this fall. But I love this location. You know, it's weird because Danny's a Ron Colley guy. This is a cathedral place. Dave Lout just said, what are you guys doing in a cathedral place? And I said, hey, Dave, nobody down there by Ron Colley said, come on down here before the Ron Colley game. That's why. They match up later on tonight. High school football, I believe that is week number eight of the high school football season underway. Our high school football game of the week brought to you by CarX. Joe Childers run CarX locations at CarX.com today for that location nearest you features. Unbeaten Brownsburg and Noblesville. Brendan King and Jim Leisure have the call coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Meantime, via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, he does not have the call this weekend because our good friend, the man, Don Fisher, gets to take the weekend off, which is good. I think really good for everybody in this case. 
voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, with us. Hello, Don. How are you? How you doing, man? Are we taking the weekend off? What are we doing on your weekend off? Well, uh, headed over tomorrow to uh, Greencastle to watch um, the fall play football against Denison. Uh, one of my grandsons is a freshman uh, player on that football team, and I don't know how much he'll play. He's a freshman, so we'll yeah. see. But I haven't had a chance to see the fall play since he joined them as a freshman this year, and I want to see him uh, see his team at least play one time, and we'll see if he gets in. He did get in last week for a few calls, so that was a good thing, but I didn't get a chance to see that one so that's where we're going tomorrow i'm somehow going to find a way to play golf on sunday and then we're going to go back to work yeah well good are you going to a high school football game tonight a little edgewood action no, not tonight uh they play down in brazil i didn't want to make that trip <laughs> got a little lazy <laughs> in my old age so uh, we decided to go out to dinner tonight. Not at our table because they're closed for fall break right now. So they're not even open tonight. So we're probably going to go elsewhere. Oh, man. I forgot about fall break. How could I forget? I can't. I think my daughter, Laney, I think they have two weeks. I'm sorry. Two weeks for a fall break's ridiculous. It just is. <laughs> well, John, you and I are on, you and I are on the same wavelength when it comes to all these breaks that these high school kids get now. They start they start the year in the start of August and then they go till sometime in what late May or whatever it is or yes. early June. And you're sitting there going, why are you taking all these breaks? These kids could be going to you know Labor Day, go to school, and they're out yeah. by literally at the end of first of June. You know, what nuts. do you need fall and spring? You got fall break, you got spring break, you got Christmas break. All I got is breaks. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I mean, and we had during fall what were called in-service days. I never really knew what that was. That just meant the students didn't go, but the teachers did. But what I did know about it, we were always off Thursday and Friday this time of year. And that's when the first nine weeks grades came out. So I got a smoke up, which in terms of a smoke up meant your grades suck. And I was always grounded this time of year. <laughs> so fall break would have done you no good, right? No. I mean, wait, all my other friends are corning cars and soaping windows and throwing toilet paper in trees. And I'm sitting at home because I'm grounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if my parents would have paid more attention, I'd have gotten grounded more, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Always grounded, the stinking smoke-up. But, yeah, two two weeks. Like, Blake at Ron Colley has one, I believe. But two weeks is is rather lengthy, I think, for the fall. I agree. And too much. I agree. I'm, I'm making a lot of friends of my friends at Center Grove right now, too. But, uh, man. <laughs> Way, way too much. Hey, I, I, one question regarding IU football. I'm going to give you a break on that this week, which I think you'll probably enjoy. But going <laughs> yes, from Bell to Carey, um, I, I think you would probably have better insight on this than anybody around. What, what is going to be the significant, if we call it significant, change here? What, what's the change in expectation from one philosophy and one, one coordinator, in this case, to the other? Well, I think the biggest change, and I, I had a chance to interview Rod Carey on uh, Wednesday of this week uh, for our pre for our talk show next Wednesday night. Uh, we had a good conversation, and I've known Rod for many years. Obviously, he played at IU back in the early 90s uh, for Bill Mallory. He was a three-year starter at center for the Hoosiers. He was the most valuable offensive lineman his senior year. 
Uh, and then he went on to a coaching, uh, you know, stint. Uh, his, you know, he was an assistant coach several places, and then he became the head coach in Northern Illinois. And in six years, he took that program to six bowl games, had two MAC championships, uh, did a tremendous job there, got the job at Temple, had a bowl team there his first season, and then the next year was COVID, and everything went to heck in a handbasket. And uh, the next year after that, he was fired, which didn't make any sense to me at all. But nevertheless, this guy could coach. And there's no doubt in my mind he's a good coach. He's been an offensive guy most of his career, uh, offensive line especially uh, from a coaching perspective, was a coordinator at one time at one of the other schools he was at as an assistant. So this guy's been around the block. I think he knows the game really well. He will. The one thing he told me is, he said, I don't like using the word simplify, but he says that's the one thing I think we're probably going to end up doing more than anything else. We're trying to make it easier for these players. Uh, the playbook in his mind was simply too big. And he, he got it back to a simplicity where these guys can concentrate on just a few things rather than a hundred things. And I can't argue that whatsoever. Uh, at the same time, I think he does believe in uh, working with what works and the things that don't work, they're just going to pitch them. Uh, and I like that idea as well. So I, I think it's going to be a big change for this football team. I think it's going to help the quarterbacks, especially because these guys are Richard freshmen, as we all know, and they need to have it as simple as possible so that they aren't thinking about too much and they can just play the game. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline with IU Idol this week. Thus, Don is going to take some much-needed time off. And you talk about the quarterback situation, and I know that the decision has yet to be made. But, I mean, to me, you you just go back to Taven uh, and, and see what this change can do, if at all, for him before you make a complete change or, or go to Swordsby here. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just that's my initial feeling on that position as we move forward past the bye week. Yeah, I, I have to leave it up to Rod Carey to see what he decides to do with this. I, I My gut thing is that there's going to be not a change there. I, I wouldn't think so anyway, at least here at the outset, just like you said. Um, you know, maybe this will help him pretty dramatically. We'll see. Um, if, if, it, if things continue to spiral negatively and, and, and Taven doesn't pick up the, the speed, so to speak, in, in regard to what he's trying to do out there, then maybe you have to make a change at some point. But I don't think this can be put on players at this juncture. I, I do think that part of the problem was the play calling. Uh, we saw that in several instances uh, over the last two or three ball games that it was a major factor. And I think I think the biggest thing is this offense last year wasn't very good at all throughout the entire season in the first year under the, the former uh, coordinator. And because it didn't do much last year, there was big hope that it would change this season. And it really didn't all that much, if you think about it. So the only thing that changed was the quarterback position. And, and uh, in that regard, I think Taven looked very good in two or three of the ball games that he played in. I thought Brendan Soresby looked really good when he came in against Maryland uh, this past week in fourth quarter. But again, he was going up against the second team guys and, and no, not many of the starters were still in there for Maryland because the game was out of hand uh, in regard to Indiana having a chance. Yeah. And that's, that's what was most disappointing to me is just the, the lack of being Don, even in the ballpark, a competitive when Maryland had their real dudes playing really both sides of the football was distressing. 
Well, and I think, and, and that that's probably as much, it was as disturbing to me that the defense played like it did in that ball game as it was anything that the offense did because defensively the Hoosiers didn't seem to show up and it looked very much like the first half of the Louisville game. Um, and they never really got back on track until the fourth quarter. Again, when the, the reserves for Maryland were in there most of the time. So, uh, I got to say that this football team probably had the uh, the, the bye week break come at absolutely a perfect time. Uh, it allowed Tom Allen to do what he had to do, and it's allowed this football team to look in the mirror and see if they can believe in themselves once again. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, also the voice of obviously Hoosier basketball, which is not too far away from getting underway. The news of the week was the return. I mean, last time we checked in with an actual rivalry series going on, you were calling a a game-winning shot from Christian Watford and a Playboy model from Kentucky got stepped on and then everything went haywire. We never saw anybody (laughs) in the regular season again. <laughs> until until coming up in in 2025, and it's been a long damn time. I love the fact it's back on the schedule. I'm I'm curious as far as the scheduling was done, how it worked out to you. Are you just glad that it's back on the schedule? Um, should it have been both at Assembly Hall, not one at Lucas Oil Stadium? How'd you view the news of the week regarding that rivalry being reemerged on the schedule for IU in Kentucky? I, I'm not sure, and I've not been privy to any of the negotiations in this regard as to one game being played at Lucas Oil, but it doesn't bother me in the least. I'm just glad that these two programs are playing one another once again. They should have never gotten uh, – it should have never been stopped. And that was on John Calipari. He basically said he didn't want to come to Assembly Hall anymore. And, you, you know, you can take that for, for what it's worth. But my simplicity in this scenario is these two programs should never have stopped the rivalry in either sport, football or basketball or any other sport for that matter, because it's a great rivalry. And, and more than anything else, the fan bases loved it. So why would you stop something like that? Uh, and I don't understand why it happened. I don't care that it did now. I'm just glad that it's back on again. And these two programs will face one another for the next four years, at least, unless we beat them all four times. And then they'll probably dump us again. Who knows? You know, what's funny about this is, I mean, we're losing rivalries now year after year because of, of conference realignment. And I, I would think that's a significant red flag for me. And I know that's never going away because of the monetary value in, in, involved here in changing. But you've you got to be protective of these things. I mean, you really, you really do. And I know, I know it doesn't matter to you because you're on radio and I listen to you on radio too. But I think jacking around, for example, this year with IU and Purdue and putting that on Peacock. I mean, I, maybe I'm just too old school for this particular era. But that really pisses me off, too. I'm thinking, man, now i got to work a little bit harder to do this. I know other people are saying the same thing. And then the younger generation, Don, are saying, well, you guys are too old. You don't know anything. Be better or whatever. But I, 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 we, are, we are losing so many things. I, I like the fact that that is one thing that is being brought back, especially when this rivalry was lost, as you rightly mentioned, because one big baby head coach took his ball and went home. Right. And, and I, I think that was a mistake. And it was the same mistake in football, except that Indiana ended the, the, uh, the series in football. 
back when yeah. Donardo was the head coach, and he didn't want to play him anymore. So, you know, those those kinds of things. I, I don't think coaches should ever be involved in that in, in that regard. Uh, when you've got a rivalry like that, that ought to be just a staple of your program. Uh, I I don't like any of those things being ended when they have been traditionally one of the best games of the year, no matter who was the better team. I just think it's the smartest thing you can do is to have great rivalries. And Indiana's had a few, and, and without question, he was as good as, as the one with Purdue. And it ended, and it shouldn't have in either sport. I know, obviously, Scott Dolson is the athletic director, and I'm sure both he and Mike Woodson had a great deal to do with that, had their fingerprints all over it. But we're getting ready to start another season with Mike Woodson at the helm down in Bloomington. How do you think he has done so far? And then what do you expect from from this group? Because, honestly, there is a great deal of mystery. I know there's excitement. And, wow, you know, they got a lot of talent there. But there's a great deal of mystery going into this year with this basketball team. What are you thinking as we embark on yet another basketball season in Bloomington? Well, I went to practice yesterday. It's the first practice I've had a chance to go down and see, and I picked the worst possible day because they didn't look very good. <laughs> I, I literally I literally went in and watched them warm up and, and went through their drills and all those kinds of things. Uh, then I left for a couple of minutes. I went to get a haircut, came back, and the next thing I know, they haven't started the scrimmage yet, and I kind of wondered about that. But at the same time, I know Mike was working. They had officials that showed up to do the scrimmage. And so at any rate, I watched the scrimmage and I can only tell you that at the end of the scrimmage, I know the coach was not pleased in any way, shape or form. Uh, the white team, which is the, the second and third guys, team guys, basically it's second team guys. The white team kicked the snot out of the, out of the group they had out there as starters. And I'm not going to tell you who was starting and who wasn't. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you it was pretty depressing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Hey, you got you got not literally but figuratively. Are you basketball fans jumping off of bridges right now? Way to go, Don! <laughs> I just don't want people. I just don't want people to get too excited because the the realism in a lot of fans is not very smart. And just yeah. just be realistic about it. This is going to take a little time. Mike said I talked to him briefly. And he said, you know what, we're a work in progress. and we got a long way to go, a long way to go here. And he said that before practice started. So <laughs> I don't know if he was feeling that after practice or not. I'm sure he was. But at the same time, uh, it just wasn't the best performance by, by the guys that looked like they would be the starters for this group at this point. But, but those other guys look pretty doggone good. So that's a positive. <laughs> yeah. What, what, uh, anybody stand out to you at all? And he's individual. Um, I, I think the, the, the guy that just uh, – this kid really intrig intrigues me a lot, and it's a freshman by the name of Gabe Cups. Uh, I, I think he is special. I really do. He is so smart. He, he was the point guard, I will tell you that. He was the point guard for the, for the white team, which was the, uh, the second teamer, so to speak. And then at the end of practice, Mike said, nobody in this team knows who's going to start. Nobody. And if you think you are, you're wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> all I can tell you is I, I picked the word. And actually, a couple of managers came up that, that I've known for a long time. A couple of managers came up during this thing, and he said, man, you picked the wrong day to come. <laughs> well, I, you picked the wrong time to go get a haircut. I mean, you left. Everything well, no, looked I, good, and then you came back, and it stunk. 
Yeah, well, I, I saw the drill stuff. The drill stuff looked pretty good. <laughs> it was a scrimmage that didn't. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? Though, I know. Scott, you know what? What's what that? I think about that, though, what I like about that, though, is this is when, if they're going to look bad, that's when you want them to look bad in a practice session like that, in a scrimmage like that, and for the coach to be all over him at the end because there's no question. He 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 would he has film now that he could look at and show these guys and get really angry when he talks about it. So I like that a lot at this point in the year. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have IU basketball fans like sprinting out into oncoming traffic with that update too. So, <laughs> well, if they listen to what I say in regard to this thing, they're not very smart in the first place. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, we we know that you read all the material, so yes, you're very active in social media as you are. Hey, where do you get your haircut down there? Where do you go? I go to Carter. He's out. Oh, in where's that? Paul, oh, you drove all the way to Ellisville and came back, and they're still practicing. All all the way. I went. I mean, it's not that far, John. <laughs> well, I mean, it it's is. Like, well, you got two hard. lights, but they're the most ridiculous lights of all time, right there. <laughs> It was only 15 minutes to and from, and then uh, on top. And I knew I was going to get back to see part of it anyway, so it wasn't like I I missed all that much, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Taking advantage of being down there. You know, I used to get my hair cut when I was in high school at Ward's Barbershop there on North Walnut, right next to the Bluebird. Ward's Barbershop. Yeah, I think a lot of the players back then used to go. So that makes a lot of players going. I was a player. They were players. We were all players back when I was in high school. Ward's Barbershop. So. I'm not so sure that Car- I'm not so sure that Carter wasn't one of the bar- barbers there at that time. I I um I used to get flat tops there and like spiked haircuts all the time. So I don't think I've really gone there since like the late 1980s. But when, probably between '85, when I stopped going to command performance in the college ball, and then Debbie would put me in the window seat right there where everybody could walk by and watch and point. And then gave me the Steve Alford-looking butt-cut haircut feathered on the side. When I stopped going there, I started going to Wards. So, yeah. I asked for the Steve Alford all the time. <laughs> you know, let me just tell you, there were a lot of guys who copied Steve Alford's look, boys. I'm telling you. I, yeah, you know, I think I was wanting similar results as Steve, and I never got those results. Really. All the way around. <laughs> I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going there. No, no, no. (laughs) All right. Well, just be known, everybody over in Brazil, there's going to be no Don Fisher appearance tonight at Northview High School. (laughs) Nope. For the Stangs and the Northview Knights. But uh, obviously, have a great weekend, seriously. Take some time off and uh, enjoy some golf, hopefully, on Sunday. And uh, we'll fire it back up and see what happens coming up next Friday. All right, Don? All right, John. I appreciate your having me as always, man. See ya. You got it, buddy. Always a pleasure. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. I absolutely love that dude, man. That is so great. I completely forgot that our table down at Whiteland Road in 135 is closed now because of fall break. Anybody out there, am I old and curmudgeon because I think fall break, two weeks is just too much. Am I wrong about that? Two weeks is too much. Uh, Tony Donahue is here 
with Fans Place. Is, is that because you're now the, the parent of kids and you think it's too long? Dang, Did you not dude. think it was too long Where's when you were uh, in school? Um, You know what I like? I didn't like going to school and like doing school work, but I like Who going. Did? I like going. Yeah. I like being. Thank you very much, Michelle. I like going there and being a part of some fun. Yeah. Um, my nephews are getting ready to hit fall break as well. And it's all it's all crazy anymore. We used to, we used to know exactly yeah. when our breaks are going to be when we were in school. Now it's all over the place. Kids going to like June 25th and starting earlier in I August. I was always like, grounded, though. Yeah, you guys remember what they called smoke ups? What are smoke ups? Smoke ups were reports that went home after the first nine weeks that your son or daughter was sucking in school. And I constantly got fall in service day smoke ups. Well, you, you you really couldn't get away with much, right? Because wasn't your mom a teacher? Oh, I got away with everything. Oh, she so has no away? idea what I did. Oh, yeah. okay. Like right. she, it's funny when she tells my other friends, you know, John was so good, I never had an issue, and they all go, "Good God Almighty!" Well, you didn't hear about the time on the dirt bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that up here now. The train people get mad at oh. me. So yeah, they get mad yeah, when good. I bring that up. Hey, fans, place, yeah. giving away tickets. Thanks. What do you got? Yeah, cold tickets this weekend. Uh, support your local bars, including Sam's down here in Fletcher place uh one of my favorites one of a great spot to watch games uh, they have live music during the week uh get on the app check in uh, answer those trivia questions answer those predictive questions uh, we put uh, the money back into the local bars local economy so again thanks to bud light thanks to zinc uh check it out turn in those tokens that you win by answering questions correctly and uh Get yourself some Colts tickets, some swag. We've got stuff to give away almost every week. So it's been a lot of fun so far. And uh, like we talked about, but I'm shocked you have the Xbox app on your phone. That's, that's <laughs> that must be think, a Blake thing. I think Blake and Lenny both put it on there. I yeah. have no idea. Ron Colley, Cathedral tonight. I've got Chatard oh. and Short Ridge. Danny Hayes in the house, by the way. He yeah. may be the only Ron Colley rep in this Cathedral bar right now. Um, back nine on Sunday. You going to come hang out with me? That's why I, I, I hear that I'm going to have a place at back nine from Danny. Well, you I'm should, excited. You should come on Sunday and hang out with me for the old uh, middle age now. Be 35. So Love look it. out. Well, happy birthday to Tony yeah. Donnie, how can people win tickets from you again? Yeah, check us out on all of our social media, but check out the Fans Place app downloaded today. Free app. We never ask for money. We ask for your email so we can email you the tickets that you win, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Local. I've uh, been hanging out with you every Friday. It's been a lot of fun. Yep. Everybody from Zinc, everybody at Bud Light. Love uh, we're Zinc. All having a great Love time. Love Bud Light. Every, Love Sam Silver Circle. Every Friday we've got trivia uh, in the app. It'll pop up, answer some Colts trivia questions, and win some tickets. That's uh, Tony Donahue right there. Fans Place. Check it out. All Thank right, you, John. my brother. See Happy you birthday Sunday, to you. Buddy. See you Sunday. Tony Donahue right there. Quick break. We'll come back from ESPN and NFL Live. He was talking a little bit earlier regarding the effect Jonathan Taylor's going to have. Dan Orlovsky set to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Sam Silver Circle, Bud Light Blue Friday. How many pair of tickets do we have to give away, Olivia? Four pair? That's a big-time number right there. Four pair to give away. Titans Colts on Sunday. Get here. Sam Silver Circle, Shelby and Fletcher. It's a Bud Light Blue Friday. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, Robo, any special message for all the kids watching at home? 
Stay out of trouble. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Welcome back. Bud Light Blue Friday. Sam Silver Circle here off of Fletcher and uh, Shelby. Bud Light Blue Friday. Titans Colts tickets to give away. Spiro Ditas of CBS a little bit earlier. 80s music to bring us back in. The JMV Takeover tomorrow night, 6 until midnight, B105.7. Live in studio, all requests from 6 until midnight on B105.7. That's the JMV Takeover coming up tomorrow night. Bullseye Event Center, 9 a.m. The doors open. I'll be there for you on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at Touchdown Town. And we'll get you in with the Colts pregame huddle. Prior to the starts, week five, the matchup with the Titans and the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. More on that from ESPN and NFL Live. Really everything on ESPN. Former quarterback, former quarterback here, Dan Orlovsky is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Hey, Dan, welcome back to the show here in Indy. How are you? I'm doing great, Andy. It's, it's good to be back, bud. Good to be back. Great to have you here. I saw you a little bit earlier on NFL Live. I couldn't really hear you because the sound was down, but I saw you talking in terms of Jonathan Taylor, and it's still kind of up in the air. He's listed as questionable for his return coming up on Sunday. I want your thoughts on the return that he will have effectively for a 21-year-old rookie quarterback and a first-year head coach in Shane Steichen. How big of a deal is this? It would be huge, and, and mainly because the zone read. You know, one of the reasons why, you know, to Indy was, man, that zone read when quarterback in the shotgun puts the ball in the belly of the back. And then Taylor, my goodness, that would be great. And obviously Jonathan hasn't played. But that run play has been, you know, decent for Indy so far. And if you add Jonathan to that, not only is he going to make that play when he gets it better, but I think it could really help Anthony as a runner because if those defensive linebackers start to collapse a little bit more and then Anthony gets to pull the football on the edge with less bodies, um, I just think that one play could have a really big impact on their offense. Yeah, it's uh, Dan Orlovsky from ESPN via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I do too, and I asked this question a little bit earlier and we know this, it's just hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor and, and he has run in the past. Do you think that there will be with Shane Steichen's offense more opportunities for him to catch balls out of the backfield, more opportunities for third down kind of pass and catch to him? Opportunities that we haven't seen really in depth in his career so far. Yeah, you know, it's not a massive piece of Shane's, I guess, in structure offense. You know, it, it is it is a little bit more spitting the ball to the perimeter because of the matchups. But I do believe because of Anthony's athleticism and his creativity and his ability to break the pocket uh, and get away from the rush, that there could be some more broken play pass game opportunities for Jonathan. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a, a huge piece of Shane's, you know, structured pass game. What has been your impression on the 21-year-old rookie Anthony Richardson through the first four weeks? In the games he's played, obviously out week number three, uh, didn't finish the first two. What you saw last week in the loss of the Rams, what's been your impression on Richardson to this point? Yeah, he's, he's been as advertised for me, if not more. Um, you know, I think you, the, the great thing is to see the special talent physically carry over. You know, that you knew that was there in the SEC and at Florida, but it's it's shown itself in the NFL that that unique 
jaw-dropping, you know, make plays that others can't. Talent is there. Um, I think I've been very impressed with his ability to get from number one to number two in the progression. That's been really awesome to see. Um, it, it, I guess, like, what do I want to see more from him? Um, see it a little bit faster. You know, I think there's some, some notes that I have. I just get it out a fraction of a second sooner, uh, and that'll come with more reps. And then, you know, how much he can really master getting to number three or to number four in the progression. Because as teams see him more and more, they'll try to take that stuff away. Uh, but he, he's been as advertised. You know, a lot of the criticism, Dan, given to him coming out of Florida was um, his his lack of being able to put the ball where it needs to go and or his ball placement skills. What have you seen out of that for the most part? And is this something that with his work ethic and with this team and his head coach, you think that is going to improve game after yeah. game, year after year moving forward? Yeah, I always thought that was a myth. I did not think that was an actual thing. I felt the same way about Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming when everyone was saying it. Um, numbers lie. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, what I've seen is a high level of accuracy. I've even seen a high level of ball placement thrown away from defenders for Anthony. So that's been a pleasant, um, I guess, reassurance. I, I never thought that was an issue for Anthony. And I, I still don't. Um, I think he needs to tie his feet consistently to, to his arm a little bit more, and that'll come with reps. But with his work ethic and the way that they want to the accuracy conversation is going to be one that's a part of it because uh, I'd say this. I think they got to catch the football a little bit more consistently for him. You know, I think that that has become a little bit of a, a bigger conversation, at least in my eyes, than the – missed throws by Anthony that I never again bought into. I think that they they got to make some catches that um, they got to get accustomed to that ball just flying out of his hands and getting on them so quickly. I was going to ask you that too because I'll give you a great example. When Gardner Menchie was out there, it seemed like a much more catchable ball. I'll phrase it that way even though that is probably inaccurate because he has a catchable ball as well. It just comes in a hell of a lot hotter and you can yeah. tell these guys on the fly trying to make that significant adjustment to that football coming in there really a hell of a lot faster than it has in what they've seen around here in the past. Yeah, and I think it, it gets fixed or improved in two ways. I'll be honest, there's some throws where I sit there and go, like, I think he had a corner route to um, Granson um, on the sideline the other day, and I, he rips it, and it's just off his hands, outstretched, and I go, well, that's a drop. But I would also love to see just a little bit of touch on that one from Anthony because it's not needed. That fireball is not needed. That'll come. Um, and then I sit there. I was around Matthew Stafford when he was younger, and the ball was an absolute explosion off of his hand. And guys struggled early on, and they got more accustomed to it, and they, they, they got more reps with it and became more confident catching the ball. So I, I think that, that comes with a little bit from both parties. Yeah, and obviously he got – this is one thing I noticed, and I, I think it's just because of the quarterback, but when, when Gardner was out there, there seemed like that there was, there was a little bit more separation. Now, I thought things were changed as far as routes were concerned. But the thing I noticed about the Colts receivers for the most part, there is little to no separation seemingly on every pass play. And that's why I come to this. At some point, 
what is going to be, I think, necessary here is, is what you saw that was necessary when the Eagles made that move for A.J. Brown a couple of years ago, a couple of drafts ago. And, you know, that's to go out and get somebody that's absolutely can't miss, that can solidify it as they solidify Jalen Hurts. And I think something yeah. similar is going to have to happen with a clear number one receiver here, Dan. I sent out a tweet the other day that said – all I think about when I watch the Colts offense is what big-time receiver are they going to go get next year? Totally agree. And that's going to be the fascinating part because I think after a month you sit there, if you're Indian, you go, all right, we took a swing at the quarterback spot. I guess in some people's eyes, right? Like even even Chris said, like, sometimes you just got to take your shot. They took it. And you should be really freaking fired up that you did because they, he looks like you got a guy. Like he looks like you got one of those dudes. And – the offensive line is playing better and the defense is playing good and, and they're in the conversation for the division after a month. And that's great. But, man, you start to think of the future and you start to go, can this team go get a free agent wide receiver? Can this team get one of those kids in college that maybe is playing at Ohio State, a Marvin Harrison Jr., a, a Ro- Romo Duze from Washington or a McMillan from, or, a, or, or a Keon Coleman from Florida State? Like, that's immediately where my mind goes to. Yeah, and I looked at ahead at free agency, a wide receiver, and it's not, as I like to say, very robust. But you kind of want, you never know with some of these guys that may be on teams right now that fall out of favor, fall out of love, maybe want to go someplace else, and then, you know, maybe an interest level might be here and wondering what you might be able to do with a talent like Richardson. Yeah. Tyreek Hill was a trade. You know, Stephon Diggs was a trade. So, so uh, DJ Moore, we saw him last night, was a trade. So, it's not necessarily only the free agent and or college draft selection. It's, you know, trades come out of the blue in the offseason with these guys. So, um, it's probably the biggest question that I will have in 2024 when it comes to the Colts is what guy comes to that football team as a wideout. It's uh, Dan Orlovsky, ESPN, and NFL Live, kind enough to join us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So size up these three rookies at quarterback here, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and what you've seen from C.J. Stroud through the first four weeks of the season, Dan. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a ton about Anthony already, and and the the sky is absolutely the limit for him when it comes to his potential. And I I sit there and I go, okay, just – you know, the, the hits, obviously, he's got to be smart with when and where. Um, Bryce is in a tough situation because the offensive line's not protecting and no one's really getting open. And I think, you know, Bryce is so smart. He's such a smart kid that he's taking in so much information and he's trying to be perfect with it that you could see there's moments when he's overwhelmed by what defenses are throwing at him. He'll settle in. He's going to be just fine. they got to protect him a little bit better, and they themselves need a really good wideout. T.J. Stroud's been unbelievable. Um, yeah. To watch the, the ball placement go from college to the NFL, to see how he's using his eyes to control defenses or move defenders. Um, I think some of the athletic plays that he's made from in the pocket with his feet have been a little bit surprising because they've been so good, and we didn't know that was necessarily a strength of his game. So um, both all three of those kids, I have high level of belief that they're going to be – and I said this going into the draft. I honestly felt that this class was head and shoulders better than the 2021 
that had, you know, Trey Lance and Mac Jones and Justin Fields, and I forget who might have won one that year, Trevor Lawrence, I think. So, um, you know, I, I really believe that that was uh, – uh, this, this class has got a chance to be a really good one. You know, it's interesting, Dan. When I, I saw C.J. Stroud, I liked him a great deal. Uh, he's got really nothing around him outside of Nico Collins right now. I mean, banged up both sides of the football, and, and yeah. how he's dealing with that has been amazing. But I always put it like, hey, I love what he looked like in that semifinal against Georgia. And that's what I thought he was going to be. And I swear to you, oftentimes, when he's at his best, he looks exactly like that. And a lot of people didn't know if that was going to transfer because I'm talking about one game. But he's really looked like that semifinal against Georgia. He's looked like that so far through the first four weeks. That's what impresses me the most. He looks like, you know, when it comes to Burrow. I mean, he's, he's been that good from throwing in the pocket. Um, you know, yeah. the, the interesting thing was we've fallen in love with some of the quarterbacks, and, and I think I, when it comes to athleticism, I group them into two. Uh, you either are an escaper or a creator. You know, and some of the creators are Josh Allen, um, Lamar Jackson, and Anthony Richardson. Those guys are creators. They're so athletic that they can go create plays. And then there's escapers. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, and that's who C.J. Stroud is. And everyone, you know, was like, well, he can only, you know, get away from the rush, but is he really going to go make plays? And it's like, he don't need to. He could throw the absolute tar off the football. As long as he can get away from the bad stuff, we're going to be okay. And he absolutely has shown that. It's um, Dan Orlowski with us. A final thing. Um, I, I didn't gauge your initial reaction when Gardner Minshew in Baltimore stepped out of the back of the end zone. I'm assuming that it was uh, jovial for you. The most amazing aspect about that is that, abs- that, that absolutely helped the Colts end up getting in position to win that game, which was absolutely amazing. And I know everybody in football probably thought of you initially when that happened to Gardner, but it was amazing what transpired afterwards. And that's what makes this game so incredible is that it actually helped out the Colts when it came down to it at that point of the game. Yeah, see, when I did it, it did not help us win the game. So uh, kudos to Gardner <laughs> Minshew. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, like I obviously feel bad for the guy because it happens to him yeah. and people are going to – I've experienced it, but um, he's a really good player and obviously has carved out an awesome career. Uh, happy they got the win in the midst of it. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what, Dan, it's, this, this Colts team has more times than not been enjoyable. And, you know, they, they were sleepwalking through the first half against the Rams. And I thought Gus Bradley could have brought certainly more heat against an obviously hobbled Matthew Stafford late in that game on Sunday. But I think this product here in Indy has been a, a lot better than a lot of people expected it to be. Totally agree. I, I think mainly because the defense, you know, the defense has been a lot better than I certainly thought, especially the pass rush. And so uh, I think that that pass rush can, can, can continue to hunt and kind of, uh, I don't want to say carry, but guide the team as, uh, as Anthony really settles in. This is a team, again, they're, they're a month into the season. No one is separated in that division and no one has looked amazing. So they're still in that conversation. All right. When you want ESPN again. I'll be on all day tomorrow for college football, man. I'm on seven days a week. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, man, we, we used to have you on this show when you were just, yeah. like, breaking down stuff for social media. And I'm really, I'm really happy for what you've Thanks. accomplished because you're a go-to in terms of, of football knowledge, both breaking it down and then talking about it. 
And congratulations on that seriously coming here from us in Indy because we're really proud of that, that aspect that, you know, we've always had an enjoyable time with you and the way that you have worked yeah, is, man. you know, a testimonial on, on what you do to get to where you are wow. right now. Well done. Thank you so much. For that. I, uh, I, I never take those words for granted and, and I appreciate them and I'm having a blast, man. So um, I'm very thankful. We'll talk again soon, Dan. Appreciate it. Thanks, boss. It's uh, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN, NFL Live, and basically everything on ESPN via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. Sam Silver Circle, Bud Light Blue Friday, four pair. Titans Colts tickets to give away. Colts happy hour coming up at the top of the hour. And then we'll, we'll get you into high school football and the game of the week coming up. 93.5107 by the fan. The Ride with JMV. Why not, Mr. Venkman? Because you did not use the magic word. What is the magic word, Mr. Venkman? Please. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. A little must win in the Colts house coming up on Sunday against the Titans. We'll bring you back in with the Mary Jane girls. All 80s this weekend, JMV Takeover, 6 until midnight. B105.7 coming up tomorrow night. JMV, you really do suck to say that Stroud has nothing. Tank Dell is a freak, and he's putting defenses on notice. Hey, good to see you, JoJo, man. Appreciate you. Joe Childers is here, Car Extra, 14 Central Indiana locations. You know, I will say this, Indy. Good to see you, Joe. Thanks for coming out. Tank Dell is good, and I should mention him, but... When you're talking about having he and Collins and you're your quarterback, you have to admit that I'm accurate. They don't have squat. They don't have squat. It's amazing that they're two and two. I think it's more amazing they're two and two than the Colts are two and two. Right? At least to me. But you're right. I mean, I should have mentioned him. But other than he and Collins and Stroud, they don't have anything else. No doubt about that. Hey, by the way, Winshuler Spreadable Cheese is inside the lounge via YouTube Live. That is your sponsor right there. The spreadability that Indianapolis deserves for its parties, get-togethers, gatherings, tailgates, original cheddar, sharp cheddar, bacon cheddar, pepper jack. Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses, spreadability for not just Indianapolis, but the state of Indiana. Winshulers.com for recipes today. The Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. Kim Becker is your winner. That's 50-50. In betting and dining for Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. Double-A Gold Rush was the winning horse. 820. That paid on a $2 bet. The $2 exacto was $26. The 50-cent trifecta went for $39.10. That's is your Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. And again, remember, 50-50 in betting and dining and every Thursday through Friday right here. You can hear it on the 5 o'clock hour on the fan during my show. And know this to be true, that racing continues through the first couple of weeks of December at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. Let me tell you this. I love, I mean love, Sam Silver Circle so much. I'm going to stay here an extra hour. Colts Happy Hour is coming up next. And what a guest list it has been. Outstanding work by James back there. Bob Lovell to start the show. Nate Atkins of the Star with Colts Conversation. Spiro Ditas of CBS. We tried to get him over and get him drunk. He did not want to get over here in time. He could, though. We could have sent somebody after him. Awesome conversation, nonetheless. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. Awesome. 
And Dan Orlowski of ESPN. More on the Colts and Colts Happy Hour coming up on the other side. Olivia is so awesome here, by the way, too. Shout out to Olivia and Dev, the onside engineer, as we continue moving forward. Fletcher and Shelby on a Bud Light Blue Friday at Sam Silver Circle. Tickets to give away and Colts conversation to be had. We'll come back with you on the other side. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Don't go away.